0: Welcome to the Bullcast podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my two awesome co-hosts, Court Winsett. Hello. And Cameron Span.
1: Hey guys.
0: I notice how I always say like I don't say Courtland Winsit. Why or, would you? But I say Court Winsit, and then I say Cameron Span instead of just Cam Span.
1: At least you don't call me Layton, my legal name.
0: I mean, maybe we'll do that. We're at episode 101, y'all. We made it. We got past the hump of 100.
1: Now we're looking toward 200.
0: Of course. Dream big. So what do you want to talk about today?
2: Uh, I mean, it's uh, episode 101, so I think we've got to do something that involves the number 101, don't we? Something educational. It's like... So like
0: 101 things that everyone should know.
2: Yeah, because Buckle we up. are we excel at doing really long lists.
1: <laughs> when I hear 101, I think of like a college class, like psychology 101.
0: But what I was trying to remember the name of it, but it was like, I think maybe it was even called freshman 101. I remember taking a class that was optional to take but I thought it was really good because it kind of recapped what the standard of the university, what other classes were gonna expect, and kind of just brushed up again on those skills that you should have learned in high school that you need to make sure you know how to do in college, like research papers and study skills, stuff like that. If you've listened to all 100 of our episodes, this may be a great recap, but if you haven't, this is gonna be a good just kind of financial 101 and um, when I think about 101, I kind of think about not Dalmatians because, I mean, that is a, that is what I think about with 101. And if you haven't seen Cruella, please go see Cruella because it's amazing.
1: It right. is good. Our list will be the best Dalmatians.
0: <laughs> I don't think I could name all of their names. Pongo.
1: That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's all of them. No, but um, talking about Financial 101, I think it's also talking hand in hand about adulting. And that's definitely, I think, more of a, a jargon term lately. Like, oh, I'm adulting today, and adulthood.
2: Yeah, taking the word "adult," which is generally um, either a, a, an adjective or a noun, and turning it into a verb. It's a very sort of uh, uh, millennial kind of thing to do. Of course, millennials—they uh, they, y'all are millennials. Y'all tend to get I was worked to say, are up. Are you when...
0: throwing shade?
2: <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, when we're talking about the the people who are just coming out of school, I guess we're really not talking about millennials. We're Mm -mm. talking about Generation Z, I guess.
1: Yeah, and when someone's adulting, it's always a negative connotation. I can't think of anyone happy when they're adulting. It's like, I got to go to work, I got to do my taxes, I'm adulting.
2: I like adulting, yeah. I
0: mean, growing up is hard, and I mean, it's even harder in today's economy. And we've done an episode on it about the boomerang kids, the kids that are going out into the world and then, like a boomerang, they're slinging right back to you because of various reasons. And so, we'll start off with a little bit of fun. We did not make this list, but it's 11 movies every 20-something who's struggling with adulthood should definitely watch. Hmm. And uh, so, these are not all necessarily positive feel-good because I think the purpose of this list was our image of adulthood is like friends, where they're all just hanging out and they go to work. But yes, there's some struggles on that show, but for the most part, it's very much just like a group of friends hanging out and thriving in their life. And
1: living stress-free in a massive New York apartment.
2: Like what?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so this is the not so glamorous side
2: of it. I mean, they do lose jobs every now and then. Yeah, And it still doesn't affect their ability to stay in that apartment. No. It's amazing how that works for them. It's- <laughs> Rachel, Rachel can afford to live in that apartment on, on a, a coffee waitress's, a barista's pay for a while there. Her daddy's got money, though, right? I mean, I guess, you know, her daddy does have money. And the way they always explained it was it was Monica's aunt's or Monica's grandmother's apartment until it was rent controlled that's 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 why we were able to stay in
0: and I mean this list kind of is teasing to our next episode we're going to have a very special guest on it um, who uh, graduated college and trying to uh, decide what's next so I'm excited about that episode but uh, Court, why don't you start us off with this list of our eleven movies, twenty-something? I don't know why. I, I,
2: why do I have to start off the list? I don't like the number one movie on this list. Okay, then I'll kick it PM off. can start. We'll
1: just keep rotating until we're happy. <laughs> number one would be Into the Wild.
2: Yes. So, Emile
1: Hirsch and Kristen Stewart. I mean, it was based on a book, and so I feel like you've either read the book or seen the movie or heard mm-hmm. about it. But the guy dies at the end. Chris yeah. McCandless. He's a. Uh, is he? I don't know if he's teenager or early twenties, but he gets sick of society and money and his parents telling him what to do and. So he just heads off towards Alaska on foot. Yeah. And he finds this bus in the wilderness, he's loving life, but he ends up eating like a poisonous
2: berry or something and dying. Well
0: <laughs> so Starting off the list is a 20 warning. Year olds, <laughs> yes.
2: Twenty year olds who who you're just starting out your lives now and you want to know you want some inspiration for for how to adult, then please go watch this movie where the guy dies. Do not eat bad (laughs) berries. I say
0: research what you eat, please. Mm. Okay, the next one's a little interesting, The Graduate.
1: You know I've never seen this. Really? Ever.
0: Well, and I watched the other day, not The Graduate, but the spinoff movie, Rumor Has It, have y'all seen that? Jennifer Mm. Aniston and Kevin Costner. And it's essentially the real life behind the movie and it's the granddaughter then ends up going and finding Bo Burroughs and it's all about the graduate story. Very interesting. But anyways, the reason why this is on this list is because it's a forewarning to you about love life can be challenging when you become an adult and whether you love the mother or the daughter.
2: It's interesting. This movie has a lot of, of of social aspects to it that I don't think are as prevalent nowadays. The, the whole thing, the, the, the pivotal scene would be when his his I guess his his girlfriend or his ex girlfriend is is getting married at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and he runs into the church, and there's uh, much ballyhooing and, and noise making proceeds um ballyhooing wasn't the song Here See you mrs robinson that, yeah. created for that movie yeah or, okay. yeah yeah
1: was that simon and garfunkel paul simon
2: yeah okay yeah and, and and there there are some stories that the holly i won't say that movie in particular but the hollywood industry's pull on art garfunkel was what part of what contributed to that that particular duo uh and, and their demise um but people don't get married that young anymore. Was going to be my point. You know, it's not as common that you see that that kind of that kind of idea of, uh, you know, he's young, he's a graduate, his his ex girlfriend is marrying some other guy because that's what you do. You graduate and you got to get married and so forth. And his entire the the, the entire idea uh, uh, around the movie for him was sort of pushing back against. a a serious relationship Mm -hmm. with a college girlfriend and and marriage and so forth. He was, you know, he was,
1: he was with Mrs. Robinson. Court, how old were you when you got married? I was 21. And I was 22. And Katie? (laughs) Uh, <laughs> older so it proves my
2: point it goes it goes it, it is getting yeah it's i yeah. think it's pushing to yeah. an older uh, an older time and like uh i have a, ch- a child uh one of my children who is in a very serious relationship but the kids don't seem to be at all interested in getting married at least not right after college you know they're talking about moving it on the on down the line before they get married yeah.
1: i married the day i was supposed to walk for graduation mm. <laughs> I had bigger things to do than walk walk down an Nile.
2: Anyway, so interesting, interesting sort of. I was thirty.
1: Older I'm having
0: to do with the math over here and figure out how old I was. I was thirty.
1: Katie's a whopping four months younger than me,
2: but uh, I feel so much older.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Next is Adult World by Emma Roberts. I haven't heard. I Not by featuring featuring Emma <laughs> Roberts. Uh, I haven't seen this one. Poet working at an adult book bookstore because she can't find a job. Interesting. So
0: it's that she's—that's her. She wants to be a aspiring artist. She wants to be a poet, but all she can find is to work at this adult bookstore. And so I think this one's kind of a lesson of sometimes you've got to just get a job before you can find the next job and look at every experience.
2: Absolutely, yes. Not being able to find the job in exactly the industry you want and therefore just not taking a job. See, just, you know, sometimes you just got to get some work. You got to take whatever's available so that you can make ends meet and get out of your parents' house.
1: Number four. Never heard of this one. 2009's Wake Up Sid. Son of a rich businessman in Mumbai, his life is turned upside down.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen this one, but I read more about this one, and it was, um, I mean, essentially he was very wealthy and thought everything was kind of handed to him, and then he ended up flunking, and so was forced to try and find his own identity and not just be based off of what his family had essentially given him his whole life. Mm. So, I mean, that's another story of find your own identity and figure out what you want to do and not necessarily what has been laid out for you for your life. Okay, uh, number five is Garden State.
2: What a soundtrack. Yeah. What has got a fantastic soundtrack. Because um, it's got
0: Natalie Portman, Zach. Zach Braff. Yep. Um, very kind of, it's a different movie, kind of wildflowerish. Yeah,
1: angsty, kind of moody, but yeah. uh, whimsical. I don't know how you describe that movie. And it's, uh, I
0: mean, it, he's estranged from his family. He's got to come back because of a funeral. I think it was his mom or dad. Um, and then it's just all about like, going back home and seeing his old girlfriend, and just very much a reality that a lot of times in rom-coms is shown in a very comedic way, and this takes it a little bit more on the real
2: way.
1: (laughs) I'm a sucker for movies where they go back home, return to their childhood home. I'm
2: very nostalgic. I I mean, I love this movie, but I gotta admit, I I had the soundtrack memorized long before I ever even saw the movie. Oh, for sure, (laughs) yeah. Okay, next would be uh, uh, one of our greatest hits. This movie makes more lists than... Uh, we'll insert some clever <laughs> saying there. The Devil Wears Prada. Good, you lines. Back on another uh, list. So, obviously, plucky young lady right out of college wants to make it as a reporter, goes to work at a Vogue-type magazine, and is uh, introduced to the fashion world. Um,
0: yeah, the logic behind this is that you you know what you gotta sacrifice to make it to the top and realizing because that's you know Miranda Priestly did that and she's sacrificing her family and all to be very successful but then also the Anne Hathaway side of it and the uh Emily Blunt side of it is the sacrifices you know Emily Blunt wanted to be in the industry and she keeps trying to do everything possible Anne Hathaway's character is seeing this as a job to then hopefully get her to
2: the next job
1: 1994's Reality Bites. Yep, this ben, is... ben Stiller and
2: Ethan Hawke. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, this this is this is a movie of my generation for sure, and also another stellar soundtrack. <laughs> um,
0: so apparently, that you know, twenty somethings need to see movies that have great soundtracks. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it it is kind of a hook, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, number eight, post grad, and this is Alexis Bedell. and we're. Uh, Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> um, or Rory, sorry. Rory. Rory Gilmore. Excuse me.
2: Although her name is Lorelai. It Lorelei. is Lorelai. I just call her Rory.
0: And uh, this, is, this is a very different take for her. She is recent graduate from college and went to a very prestigious school, has a fantastic academic resume, and can't find a job. And it's very much the struggles of, like, she has been this superstar all through high school and college and just excelled, but now it comes to the real world, and it's like, what is she going to do? It,
2: it, it's interesting that you should describe it as different than Gilmore Girls. Because definitely in Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, Rory is having a, a struggle with post-Yale graduation. Oh, and. When
0: I saw this movie, A Year in the Life had not come out yet. Ah. So that's how I remember it of... Rory was a little scandalous in this and Mm. she was kind of just down on her luck and
2: interesting I've never seen this movie so I don't know I'll have to watch it though if it's available on any of the streamers okay the next one is Obvious Child and I know nothing about this movie um I do know that uh, Paul Simon did a song called Obvious Child, but I doubt very seriously that it has anything to do with this movie. Creative energy sometimes comes from the lowest point in your life. Wow, that That's a nice sounds depressing. <laughs> We're giving the 20 the, the somethings here a list of movies to go watch and find out that their life isn't as bad as they think because other people are dying and being just generally depressed. (laughs) Gosh.
1: Continuing the the trend of amazing soundtracks for these uh, adulting movies would be 500 Days of Summer. Mm -hmm. Man, the soundtrack had the shins and Hall and Oates. It was (laughs) a a very cool soundtrack, but uh, Zoe Deschanel stars in this. Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't she work at a greeting card company? No, he does. He does, that's right. He works
2: at a greeting card company. I'm not sure what she does, uh, except for, you know, storm through his life. That's right. Her (laughs) name
1: is Summer, and it's 500 days of their relationship.
2: Yeah, I saw this movie around the time that she was getting a lot of pushback. People were deciding that her whole cute girl thing was was over. Um, But I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, And the rather on-the-nose ending of it was also really kind of cool to me but I like stuff that you know is obvious and plays out exactly how I want it to so you know I'm fine with that
0: Wait, I have not seen this one either. Uh, number 11 on our list, The Lifeguard, 2013 I, Kristen Bell.
2: Yeah, I actually have. I, uh, I'm i a big Kristen Bell fan, so I, I watched it. I am
0: too, and I feel like I'm sad that I've missed this one. It was
2: available on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, okay. but she she goes home, and she is, a, a, I think, somebody who's like living in New York or living in a big city and trying to make a go of it, and she, she goes back home. I don't remember exactly the circumstance that drove her home, but she goes back home and then ends up getting a job as a lifeguard and uh, meets a younger guy and sort of dealing with her.
0: Yeah, the bio said it was really harping on you, your 20s are hard, but your 29 is really hard before you take that hump over to 30. No. I, I've seen the videos and like posts where it's like, okay, you think this is a big milestone until you're there, and then you think this is a big milestone. Like you think 30 is gonna be a big deal, and then you're like, eh, well, no. Okay, 35. Okay, 40. 50 and then it just keeps going down the road as you get older
2: i'm excited about my 40s i feel like i'm going to thrive i driving i will tell you uh, and i probably have told you all this before but i will say 100 30 was not a big deal to me turning 30 was not i it didn't it didn't change my life I, what absolutely killed me was turning 40 yeah 30 was no big deal but look out look out 40 i hated it
0: There is a bonus one on this, Um, St. Elmo's Fire. Yes. Amazing movie. If you've not seen it, I mean, it's 1985, but it's the Brat Pack. It is an incredible movie. <laughs> it's
2: 1985, so you probably weren't alive when it came out. But
1: I was not. But the, the Brat the Brat Pack, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's Demi Moore. Demi Moore.
2: Ali Sheedy. Is it Emilio Estevez? Emilio probably? Estevez. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Andrew McCarthy. Judd Nelson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So there were some different iterations of the Brat Pack because you would also find. Um, you had
0: Molly Ringwald in Molly some of Molly Ringwald was, yeah.
2: was sort of included in that in, in that because of her, mainly because of, of Pretty in Pink and um, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah. Uh, so, so she was definitely considered part of that. And then Mayor Winningham was in St. Elmo's Fire.
0: But I mean, this one's a really good one. It's a group of friends and just how they always go to hang out together and just how their lives are all changing. And I think this kind of goes with that... Twenties, thirties, where everyone's lives are different. Like, Cam, you made a point that we're only six months apart, but our lives are so different. Four. four, four months far. apart. Sorry. Four <laughs> months apart. But you've got three kids already, and I don't have any. And so it's just different lifestyles. And theirs is very much, it's emotional. It's a great poofy, but it shows the different... Phases that people are in, and to your point, Court, I think the reason why a lot of people struggle with different ages and things is we set such a standard to ourselves of what, where, what level we should be, where we should be at a certain point, and when we're not, and we see other people, then we beat ourselves up about it, but. It's also some people are much better manipulators and putting their best foot forward and they may look like they have it all together, but they could be struggling in other ways. So
1: yeah, that's why I enjoy this this podcast with you guys. I mean, you're my really, really good friends, but also we're in different stages of adulthood. Court, his kids are grown and out of the house. I'm in the thick of it with three little ones and then Katie, I would still consider you in the newlywed phase? Is it 3 years this August? Yeah, we think oh, you're kind of out of the newlywed, but <laughs> just just we have different perspectives on adulthood.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that is our movies that you should be watching for adulthood. <laughs> so this episode, it is our number 101 and like I said, it could be kind of a recap, but it's kind of putting a different spin on some things and it's talking about finances and talking about adulthood and you know whatever your financial situation though you can begin to take steps to become an independent financial adult and just because you may be age required listed as an adult doesn't necessarily mean you're fully adulting with your finances and if you're living at home you can start to carry out some of these tasks build a good financial habit that will last a lifetime so here is another list because we like our list here at bullcast but these are 14 things you can do to become an adult with your finances.
2: Okay, um, so this first one is an interesting one um, for me, anyway. It's open a bank account, and most Gen Z, Millennial type people, even Gen X, when I was a kid, we we, we had I had a checking account when I was a kid. It was started by my parents. Mm-hmm. And it was opened by my parents. And my kids all have checking accounts that were started by uh, by their mother. Their mom worked at a bank, so that was pretty easy. But it's sort of an interesting side note about that is you have this this bank account that your your parents may have access to. Their name may be on it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like my kids have dealt with, you may have had an account that was opened at a small regional bank and you're moving out of, of the small region that you lived in. And so you need a, a bank that is available in the city you're moving to um so you got to go with a bigger bank you know like uh, Keiki, for instance when she moved away to virginia and then now she's in new york she she was she, she's got it she had to get an account at bank of america because our local bank the bank that she had an account with here didn't have branches there uh and william is now looking at the same thing he's go he's moving to atlanta and the bank where he's always done his banking doesn't have branches down in atlanta so yeah. what does he do
0: I think a lot of times people are not creating bank accounts now. They're using Venmo. They're using PayPal. And yeah, most of them are probably linked somewhere. But I've heard people go, oh, I don't have a bank account or I haven't linked with my parents. I know that my parents started me a college, like before I went to college, I started a bank account at SunTrust. And I think it lasted like 15 years that I still was like the college account. So I wouldn't get dinged if that account went below a certain minimum. And then I think it was one day I'm like, Oh, you finally caught on. I'm not in college anymore. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) But I've still, I, I mean, sentimental reasons. I still hold on to that bank account. That's my, uh, rainy day, yeah, need to evacuate. Yeah,
2: <laughs> My first account was at, at National Bank of Commerce, which actually turned into SunTrust. I don't have it anymore, but...
1: Number two on the list, it's an obvious one, but earn an income. I, that's probably one of the biggest milestones of reaching adulthood is to earn a steady income, not mm-hmm. just babysitting or mowing lawns here and there, but you can count on it every week or every yeah. month.
0: Well, yeah. and with that, it's it, and it may be on this list, but earning an income and understanding that Oh, you're getting paid $10 an hour, $15 an hour, whatever it may be, but that you're not getting that in your check that taxes are being taken out of or whatever else needs to be taken out of. That is a huge thing of understanding how a paycheck works and what comes out of a paycheck.
2: That's true. I, I, will, I will say, just because, again, I've got kids that are right at this age right now. Uh, and one of the things that I know a lot of people struggle with is feeling like if they're in their early 20s, they're just finishing up with school and they don't have a job. Have they somehow failed? You know, is it some sort of bad reflection of them? And I, it, it is not. No. You know, it can take you know, not everybody that graduates from college has a job when they graduate. Not everybody when they graduate from college has the job that they want. If they do have a job when they graduate. So, you know, trial and error, it takes some time. It especially depends on what industry you're trying to get into. But just being resilient, going out there, doing interviews, because that's one of the big things is, you know, people may may not have done a lot of interviews mm-hmm. when they're when when they're still in college or in high school. So getting out there and actually applying for jobs and getting some interviews and getting some practice and you know, maybe finding a mentor that can help you learn the best interview skills? And do you have a good resume? And so on and so forth. Those are all important skills that you can only develop by practicing.
0: And it's, you look at every job as what are you learning from it that helps you for your next job? Okay. Yeah. You want to be, um, you know, a fortune 500 CEO company, like whatever, but your time working at a coffee shop, what does that teach you? That teaches you how to deal with all different types of people and how to deal with stressful times because when that rush hour comes in, you gotta deal with that. You may be dealing with supply chain issues as products are coming in, how to handle client services of like difficult customers, happy customers. So don't look at it as I'm making coffee and I'm only making this much, this doesn't help me. Look at it as that and to your point, Court, about those interviews, learn how to spin your own story. Hey, you know, I I may not be fully qualified for this job, but let me tell you what I can do. Let me tell you what my experience of working at the coffee shop or working at a restaurant or working as a usher at a Broadway show, like how that made a impact on my life. And it's going to give me skill sets to do your job that you want.
2: One of the most interesting links that I have between my personal experiences in life and the benefit that they had to my abilities to interview was going to auditions for shows, going Mm -hmm. to auditions for plays and theater, being able to go in and especially if you go in and read from a, you know, you're reading a script cold, if you've not done any sort of prep work for the audition and you just go in and you read and you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants, doing that enough kind of gets you uh, sort of, in the right mindset for what what you can go into an interview feeling like you may you just need to be you need to be able to be on and you need to be able to perform basically but don't go into an interview with the intention of flying by the seat of your pants do your research yeah. do you know make sure that you know about I think the company we need to you're do an episode with.
0: just like prepping for yeah. interviews that's Probably. a good one. Let's let's write that one down.
2: <laughs> well, that reminds me of when I auditioned in
1: front of James Franco, and that was the most uh, intense interview of my life. Okay, Katie.
0: Uh, okay, so number three on this list: pay some bills. I mean, that sounds crazy, but you need to understand how paying bills works, and like late payments, and making sure. Okay, if you have to mail a check in, or if you have to, you know, draft money in, you don't want to wait until the last minute because then you can get dinged with late fees. And also a, a side note that I added to this is get some things in your own name. Absolutely. Make sure you've got like a water bill or utility or a car or something in your own name because that will bite you in the butt if you do not ever have anything in your name.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we see it all the time now if you think about it. There are a lot of things out there that it is really easy for a kid to uh just continue to use their parents stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easy to, you know, you're on a family plan on your cell phone and so you just keep on using your parents family plan or you've got a, you know, you've got your own screen name on Netflix, so you just keep using your parents Netflix. Little things like that that, you know, they're not going to if if my kid is using is using my Netflix account, it's not going to break my bank. So it's not like I want them to stop because I don't want to have to pay for them. I'm still going to pay the same amount regardless, but it's just sort of those those little things that can actually give you a sense of accomplishment if you're like i've got my own you know gas card i've got my own phone i've got my own car insurance that i pay for stuff like that can 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 build up your confidence and can make you feel like you actually are a dolphin yeah even if you
1: do it kicking and screaming the day i got married i was kicked off my parents like phone bill insurance plan they're like you are a man now mhm Good luck.
2: Yeah, yeah. Health insurance—that—that that whole twenty-five-year-old, twenty-six-year-old—you mm-hmm. can't be on your parents' health insurance anymore. That when you have a job that provides you with health insurance, I think I feel like you've really made it. You've got you've got oh, a yeah. job now. Yeah. And then four hundred one k. Woo! Lord have mercy.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you got to make sure you click those right boxes and make sure you do the right thing when you're given those opportunities.
2: Okay, and so you've got a job now. You are you are. You're out there. You're earning money. Have you moved out of your Have you moved out of your parents' house? Where Where are you living? What are your goals? What is What are you going to do with this newfound money and source of independence that you have found? So, number four is set. Set your goals. Save for a goal. Yeah. Uh, save for a goal. So, number four, save for a goal. Um, if you so are you,
0: living at home, take advantage of that. It's- yeah save it save save save
2: absolutely yes one of my one of my children again uh big move out of the house moved away to a city that has a very very high cost of living and she did that partially because she saved every dime that she came across for many many years so that she had a nice uh she she has the ability to you know cover her expenses if she can't find a job Mm -hmm. or if she loses a job or whatever she's got like five jobs
1: Number five, I feel like this one is better for Katie, but buy gifts for people. Oh. No, nope. I mean, I, I buy for my, my wife and kids, and that's about it. But Katie buys for uh, anyone who fogs a mirror. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I don't need to be on this. I'm what not to do. Yeah. Um, and that's what I I even thought about this this weekend as I was buying presents for friends' birthdays coming up. And it's just, I, I felt like because I'm, you know... I'm in a good spot. I feel like I should be spending more on people. And it's like, I don't know why I feel that way. And it's, I should be buying for everybody. So don't listen to me. Don't do it. But I do think in this list of adulting is that there does come a time where you need to quit letting mom and dad buy the gifts for everything. And you need to step up and do your own own thing and not just expect mom and dad to take care of it.
2: This may be controversial, what I'm going to say, but uh, it's, it's. It's true to a, to an extent a very good example of what you were saying, like oh i'm I'm older, I should be buying people presents and so forth. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, as we were leading up to Mother's Day, said to me, "You don't have to get me a, a Mother's Day present. I am not your mother. your children are all adults they can they can buy me right. a Mother's Day yeah. present
1: <laughs> It's a trap." <laughs>
2: But another big milestone
1: of adulting is is being less less self centered mm-hmm. and just thinking of others, and that's where the gift giving comes in. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm yep. I'm caring about. Uh... In college, it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. get out, and you're like, oh, other people exist.
0: Yeah, but don't go to the extreme like me. Don't do it. don't don't do what I do with gift giving.
1: If you want cool <laughs> gifts, be friends with Katie.
0: <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> okay, uh, number six. Check your credit. We did a whole episode about this. Your credit's so important, and that that kind of goes back to having things in your name. To even have a credit? Yeah. Do you
2: have a credit report to speak of? Because if you
0: don't have anything in your name, then there's no credit. Mm. So really just be aware of that. Know that it's there because it's one of those that you need to be building because when you finally are at the point you need it, you better hope that you've done what's needed to be done to have a healthy credit score.
1: Yes, that's what baffles me about Ramsey's philosophy. It's like no debt, no credit cards, but it's like okay, well, w- what happens when it comes to buying a house or renting an apartment, and they check your credit score, and
2: it is yeah. nada. Mm. Yeah, there's
0: there's a healthy balance with everything.
2: Um, number seven seven is use credit use credit wisely. Again, we did a whole episode on this. Uh, other people's money, you know, if you have credit, having credit is not necessarily a bad thing. It is good to have credit, but make sure that you don't carry a balance because those interest rates can kill you. And specifically when I talk about credit, I'm talking about credit cards because I think that's the big killer for young people, for people that are just starting out in their 20s on the adulting pathway. They they may get in trouble with credit card debt. If you use it wisely, it is a great and fantastic tool. Just make sure that you pay off your balances on a regular basis.
0: I'm thinking with this one, and I know we're going to talk about it in a minute more about the importance of it, but... Anybody else watch Greek, the show? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, it was a cute show on ABC Family, and it was about Greek life. And one of the main characters, she, her parents have cut her off. And then they have a little table in their common area at the campus offering this credit card. And like, oh, yeah, you can, you'll overnight it to you. You'll have $10,000 tomorrow that you can use. And she's a shopper. And she's like, oh, yes, I need a dress for formal. And she racks up all these, you know, charges on this card signs the dotted line. That person did not fully explain it to her and she didn't ask the right questions. So then she had to get a campus job doing tours to try and pay off the $13,000 of debt she had because that 10000 then got hit with interest and it kept going and going and going. Credit cards can be dangerous, but they can also be wonderful.
1: That's right. I feel like number eight was made for me. Work on student loans. So Abby and I obviously had student loans, and that was a tough seven or eight years, but we focused and funneled all of our money towards it and finally paid it off. And I remember our last payment, I called the loan company. I said, I just made the last payment. I never want to hear from you again. (laughs) (laughs) And then I hung up. But it is demoralizing to go and look at the interest accrued from mm-hmm. student loans. It is yeah. sickening.
0: Every case is different because I don't I don't want you to hear this and walk away and think, okay, we need to flood all of our money That's towards true. student yeah.
1: loans. Do not listen to Cameron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a case-by-case situation because student loans may be your only option in order to get that education you need to get to the job that is really going to be a great career move for you. But just if you have them... Get a partner and help you walk through them and figure out the best approach of that balance of paying them off, but also adulting and moving on with your life. Nine is follow a budget. I mean, I think we preach that all day long. Follow a budget.
2: We have episodes for that. Go listen. Yep. Okay. Ten is build up an emergency fund. We're getting into our our fundamentals now. Yep. Number eleven. <laughs> Start a retirement account. Yep. If, yeah. if
0: you're given that option when you start getting that big boy job, then uh, if they offer it to you, say yes, sir. How much do I need to do to maximize that match? Mm-hmm. Uh, number twelve. Learn about investing. You know, check out a podcast like us. Learn about it. Ask you know people for help.
2: Number thirteen. Okay, I'm going to give you a rundown here because you're maybe maybe dealing with some first time real jobs and whatnot. You've got two different kinds of work that you might do. You've got your your W-2 employee type work, and then you've got your contractor type work uh, or sales commission or something like that, where they're not necessarily withholding taxes for you. If you are a W-2 employee, then they will be withholding taxes for you that they send off to the IRS. And at the end of the year, you will file a tax return. And you will let the government know how much you believe you owe in taxes. And they will say, this is how much was withheld. And if you owe less than what was withheld, then you get some money back. That's your refund. And if you owe more than what was withheld, then you'll pay taxes. If you are not a W-2 employee then nobody is withholding for you. And so the money that you are earning, nobody is is paying money into the IRS. And therefore, you need to be very careful that you make sure that you have money to pay your taxes at the end of the year because that is still taxable income. It's just that there's nobody helping you pay those taxes. So you need to be aware of what kind of taxes you're going to owe and make sure that you have the money to be able to pay those taxes. That's a very, very simplistic sort of... Mm -hmm overview, but the most basic understanding that you need to have of your employment and your taxes is, is your employer withholding for you or are they expecting you to just basically handle
1: it all on your own? And rounding out the list, number 14, give back. Charitable contributions, tithing, whatever you want to wrap into that.
0: Absolutely. Um, Okay, so that 14 things of becoming an adult and how to adult with your finances are things that we've talked about, but really it kind of boils down to living within your means, learning to read the fine print, learning to ask the questions. I think so much of it we're put we put ourselves in situations where we feel like we should have learned this and I mean how many times have you you know can been like, oh well, they didn't teach us that in high school they didn't tell us that
1: many times. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs>
0: I remember in college, there's some, we had to learn owl calling for some reason. I don't know why, but I just remember one owl's call is, who cooks for you? I don't, what is that? Where did you
2: go to school? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> who cooks for you?
0: I, I don't know. MTSU. Love it. But um, it all goes into something that you may have, may or may not have heard of, but it's financial literacy. I know, Cam, you know a lot about this, and I think if you looked back to our episode where we talked about teaching kids about money, then financial literacy was a big thing, that starting with kids young, explaining to them the difference of money. I know David Pickler, uh, the other day, um, my niece was outside and was working a deal that she would get a dime for every gumball, the little, like, you know those outdoor gumballs, not like candy gumballs?
1: Yeah, yeah, the spiky ones that fall from the tree, yeah.
0: He was gonna give her a dime for every one of those she would pick up out of the yard. <laughs> she was working hard, and of course, then um, David made a reference and said, "Okay, yeah, well, you know, that ten ninety nine money," and she goes, "I got enough to pay a t- pay ten ninety nine. She's yeah. she's seven, y'all, so she doesn't understand that like a ten ninety nine is a tax document. But my my point to this is about financial education, and there are a lot of things that are important that are not taught either in our high school, but really it's in college and when you become quote-unquote adult. And so, you know, what is financial literacy? It's knowing how to manage your money, learning how to pay your bills, how to borrow, how to save money responsibly, and how and why to invest and why to plan for retirement. For us who are, you know, kind of doing this day-to-day, it's a no-brainer. We think about this like Cam, I think if you were working in a totally different industry, you were doing your marketing and your graphic design, you probably wouldn't question as much about Dave Ramsey because you're like, oh yeah, that that sounds right. Mm-hmm. So it's lack of knowledge and something that as adults, we need to make sure we're self educated, that we're, you know, growing financially. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you've already put out there that you want to learn more about finances. but I know that uh, we partner with a great organization, American Public Education Foundation, who really is trying to help financial literacy. In the schools.
1: Yeah, that's right. Apart from Pickler Wealth Advisors, uh, David and I are part of American Public Education Foundation, which he founded. And our two focuses are workforce development and financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, we released uh, what we called Vision 2020, which was a report card that graded all states in the nation on their financial literacy, w- what they teach, what they don't teach. And then in 2021, last year, we released the second version, the nation's report card, and we found that 35 states, including Puerto Rico and DC, earned a grade of C or less. Ooh. And Tennessee got a C. So it shows that financial illiteracy is an epidemic, and we're we're doing our best to try to get resources out there. We ju- we just launched a financial literacy digital library, which is categorized, and you can find all these free resources on money management and 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 education materials for teachers. It's it's really cool. It's Gratifying
0: financial literacy is yes, as educators, I think that what the work of APF is doing is trying to put it on the schools to really help these kids that we're putting them into college or the workforce and they have this knowledge. Because those of us who are not in college, not in high school, it's on us, like Court said, about if you are not a W 2 employee and you are getting paid and they're not helping you with the taxes. There is no one to blame. You cannot go back to that employer and say, you didn't tell me you weren't taking taxes out, or like that situation on the show Greek. She couldn't really go back to that credit card lady and say, well, you didn't tell me. Honey, it's on you. You're an adult. It is your responsibility to know how to manage your money, to know how to pay bills, to understand credit scores. There is no one that is going to help you with this now, obviously, like, we're here to help, but I'm just saying it's your responsibility as an adult to take on this ownership. And at the end of the day, you can only blame yourself. You've got to educate yourself how to borrow wisely, how to spend your money. Yeah, I think I remember in high school, we balanced a checkbook, and obviously, people don't really do that as much anymore, but that's not true. It's just now moved electronically. You should still check your statements to make sure that you're not getting your identity stolen and people are spending your money that you've worked hard for or that you're not being overcharged or undercharged for things because, you know, it'll ultimately come back to you. It's your responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, yes, we, yes, schools should teach financial literacy from the youngest grades, but a lot of the responsibility is on the parents and guardians. hmm and that, I think that's that's one of the reasons we do BullCast. Personal finance, we're just imparting all this knowledge. To hope, hopefully you can pass it on to your children or your friends.
0: It's, I mean, the, a line that I got from an article I was reading about financial literacy is, to be financially literate means having the ability to not let money or the lack of it get in the way of your happiness as you work hard and build an American dream complete with a long and fulfilling retirement. And that, whether it's building for retirement, building for your goal, That's the truth. You are in control. Whether your situation is wonderful and you don't really have to quote unquote budget, or if you're in a sucky situation, at the end of the day, you're in control. You've built yourself up with the knowledge on how to handle that emergency that comes up or those student loans that you're faced with. And the thing is, is you know that there are other partners out there that can help you, but having that knowledge to know there are people out there to help you. Some of the facts about savings. 67% of Americans have less than six months of expenses in savings. That's scary. From 2011 to 2014, 24 to 28% of Americans had zero emergency savings. People ages 30 to 49 are the least likely to have an emergency savings. Okay, think about 30 to 49. That's probably when people, like kids' expenses are really big and you're really, you're still establishing who, you are in your career and kind of what, what's happening at that point. There's a lot. Buying houses. And then one person out of every five people near retirement age have zero money saved.
1: I have one more stat that's pretty bleak, but we found this when we were doing the report card. Um, 16% of suicides occur due to financial stress. Oof. And that may seem kind of obvious, but I mean, that's a chunk that has... And, and if you are financially literate, then you're not going to run into those issues.
0: So obviously... It causes a lot of stress, suicide, awful. It also, when we did that episode about relationships, finances are something that really can impact a relationship, whether it's a strain on a marriage, a strain on a family. Like if you're borrowing money from family or you're enabling a child, like finances comes into everything and it can cause issues. And it's also taboo. You think about it, like the obvious parts of it. If you're in a relationship and someone is spending too much or not spending enough or loses jobs, that's a struggle. But I think another thing that's very taboo is friend circles. And We've seen some kind of shows and movies that portray this, but if there's Why do I keep going back to Greek? I got Greek on the mind. Evan Chambers on this show, Greek, he had, he was a trust fund baby, had all this money. I'm a trust
2: fund baby. You can (laughs) can trust trust me. me.
0: But uh, he ended up having a fight with his family and said he wasn't getting the trust fund money anymore. But he didn't tell his friends because he was embarrassed. And then he kept being put in situations where he would have to pay for things because they had expected it. And then he put himself into all this debt because money's taboo. You don't talk about it. We need to stop making money taboo, and we need to stop not sharing knowledge.
2: There is an interesting clip from a Today Show, which uh, now, in hindsight, it probably was even more inappropriate than it was at the time. At the time, I just thought it was, oh, that's that's funny, you know, but now knowing what we know, a little bit awkward. Uh, so they had a financial reporter that was on the Today Show talking to Matt Lauer, she was young and relatively attractive. And then, of course, Matt Lauer was Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. She gave a statistic that was something something along the lines of finances and your, your personal finances are, are more taboo than talking about your sex life. And it was a statistic like people are, are more willing to talk about their sex life than they are to talk about their finances. And Matt Lauer goes, so how's your sex life? <laughs> oh, in hindsight. Oh, <laughs> but, man.
0: I mean, I think that's true. It's, you know...
2: It is. I mean, she, she was making a very valid point that a lot of people would rather talk about almost anything they would rather talk about than their their own personal finances.
0: Yeah. You know, I meet with clients all day and I am very honest with them and tell them, look, like, it's easy to emotionally spend. It's easy to get caught up and that credit card racks back up again. And you're like, Did I black out? How did this happen? And because it's usually not one thing, it's just, oh, well, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. Next thing you know, like $13,000 credit card bill. What do you do? Well,
1: what do you do?
0: You address it. You take it one step at a time. But the thing is, is you talk about it. You say, hey, this happened, I need help, instead of hiding it and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. But yeah, people don't talk about it. And I think, you know, I know in friend circles, it would be awkward to say, you know, okay, yeah, I I know I normally pay for all of this, but times are a little crazy right now. Can we all split this? And same thing going back with gift giving is that everyone probably is waiting for one person to say, hey... It's expensive for us always be buying each other gifts. Why don't we not do gifts this year? Why don't we just all go to dinner and everybody pay for their own, but we're together. Yeah. 54% of millennials are concerned about student loans. Mm
1: -hmm. True.
0: That is a huge killer in people's lives right now. And that's something where don't let it cripple you. Let's come up with a plan, but let's do a plan that's today and then let's adjust it as things adjust. And that's the biggest thing is knowing that you have a plan today with the future in mind but that you're constantly going to be evolving as your life is changing 60 percent of adults have had credit card debt in the past year i'm surprised that's not higher honestly and you know four out of five adults experience barriers in home ownership we were talking about this today with some clients how the fact that homes are getting so expensive and people are bidding them up and now that interest rates to finance a home to get a mortgage are going up it's going to get to the point where the American dream of owning a home is not going to be a reality because they can no longer afford it. So what is that going to do to their budget? You know, finances are so much of our lives, but you're right, court, we don't talk about it. This isn't Bruno here. You know, we need to talk about money. We need to talk about finances. Let's yeah. let's make a movement to like discuss finances openly and have that conversation because you never know if I share a struggle of like, oh, I I was dealing with this, but then I talked to my financial advisor and they told me that. Me sharing that knowledge, yeah, that person sitting across from me may not say anything, but they picked up on it. And that may help them solve something else.
1: We don't talk about FICO.
2: You like that? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
0: I like that. Ask the questions, read the small print, understand what you're doing.
2: We skipped over some bullets that I'd like to talk about for a second because there are some interesting stuff in here that I didn't that I didn't know. And well, it, shoot, you know, like for instance, though Gen X is closer to retirement than millennials, they on average have about the same amount of money saved for retirement as millennials. That's interesting. <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> the uh, nearly sixty percent of parents report giving their kids financial help in the past year, and I assume that's of all ages and and age ranges and so forth. So. You know, you're you still getting assistance from the parents out there.
0: 12% of adults wouldn't be able to pay their monthly bills if they incurred an unexpected expense of $400 or more. Yeah. Ugh.
2: 38% of adults have less than $1,000 saved for financial emergencies. There was Ooh. something you said about that, the financial emergencies earlier.
0: Well, and this kind of echoes what we were saying. 73% of people with high financial literacy scores claim to gain their education from personal experiences. Unfortunately, the best learning is by getting your hands dirty and being a part of it.
1: Get a load of this one. 19% of Americans report spending more than their income in the past year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I believe it. It's keeping up with the Joneses. And I mean, things are expensive right now
2: and things are definitely expensive right now.
0: Again, it's really having that outside help of figuring out what's the best thing. Okay. Money's tight now. Well, don't completely stop saving for your retirement or saving in your emergency fund. Just cut back because the second you stop contributing anything, you'll never go back. Or it'll be very hard for you to go back. Obviously, this is a hot topic that we can talk a lot about. and so I mean, I
2: think we identified like 10 topics that we said we could do episodes (laughs) on just doing this. Which means we're going
0: to make it to 200.
2: Well, that's just...
0: And this was just 101.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A mega episode for 101. Indeed. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Let's wrap this up. Let's uh, let's let's go ahead and give everybody our bullseye for the week. We'll we'll bring that back. I don't know if we've been doing that lately.
1: You All right, you ready? You ready for this? Y'all ready for this? We don't talk about FICO.
2: All right, Remix. Well, <laughs> Cameron, you volunteered. Okay. Well, because I'm
1: I'm in this stage with little children. Teach your wee ones about personal finance.
2: Teach. Yes. The Teach children well.
1: Teach the children well. You don't have to crack open a book or anything, but just piggy banks. I know uh, your nieces use the jar method. yeah, spend, save, give. Yep. little things. Let them see you spending money and saving money. Make it part of your everyday language. Don't make it taboo because then you're you're growing the next generation. And if we mm-hmm. keep doing that, America will be strong. <laughs> Bullseye.
0: Okay. My bullseye. Um, I mean, the stats, the data, they don't lie. Americans are struggling with financial literacy right now. And we're trying to make progress. The work with APF is making a huge difference. But at the end of the day, like Kim said, echoing, it comes back to you, It comes back to the next generation. And I think my biggest takeaway would be share your knowledge, share the wealth and, you know, tell people, check out Bullcast podcast. Tell people to Talk to Pickler Wealth Advisors or whatever your financial person is and just share your knowledge. Share it. Do it.
2: Do it. Bullseye. (laughs) Okay, well, as the one with the 20-somethings of the group uh, that are actually my children, um, I want to be very specific and very, very blunt about this. You are entering into your 20s you're entering into adulthood and this isn't just a message for my kids although I think it is probably comes from me watching my kids as they have made this step into their adult life so to speak not having the perfect job the day that you graduate from college not doing exactly what you want the minute that you start having to do something for a living does not make you a failure and it doesn't really give you an excuse to to give up trying whatever it is that you want to do. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't think you're a failure just because you didn't achieve your dreams the day you graduated from school. Uh, it's all about building blocks. Just take that first step. Okay, I need a job. Find a job and then build from there. Use that experience to get a job that's more like what you want or use that experience to find a job that's in a completely different industry. But you've got to find a place to start. And it may not be exactly where you thought you would be when you graduated, but it's just a matter of getting yourself out there and getting that experience so that you can use that experience to develop yourself. Because this is, after all, bottom line, it's all about your growth. It's all about your growth. So don't worry kids, your parents have faith in you. You are not a failure. You will do great. I am sure of it. Go team.
0: We believe in you.
2: Bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have this Bullcast Podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, and Cameron, please feel free to go to our website. We've got bios. You can actually interact with us by leaving us a message suggesting a topic you'd like to hear us cover. And you can see a few pictures of us as well. And hey, speaking of pictures, if you like pictures, we do have an Instagram handle. That is at Bullcast Podcast. And if you just prefer the words, we've got a Twitter handle. That's at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally, although I never can remember from one day to the next if we've mentioned it in this particular episode or not, we do work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about where we work, what it is we do, find out about the amazing team that we work with and our boss, David A. Pickler please feel free to go to that website and just read it all up. Just absorb all of that information. That website is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not any. E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you so much information that your mind is about to explode. So until you can gather all those pieces back together, I'm going to let you go. So for now, I'm Court.
0: I'm Katie.
2: I'm Cam. And we're done.